Good morning, family. This is Tech of Tech Talk Radio, where we keep it raw, candid, and black all day, every day. And today, this is the first episode, so this is somewhat of a test run, but we're going to be talking about uh, one of my projects that's coming up called The Indoctrination Legend and Mythology of the Bible. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, spookism, you know, because that always, that's, that's been coming up a lot, just spookism and just how we deal with current events, how we just subconsciously do it, all those kind of things. And just generally, and this is what I'm going to start off with, what's going on with the black community on social media and just what we tend to focus on, what our concerns seem to be. We never really seem to be, oh, I'll never say never. Okay, that's not the right, that's not the right way to, uh, to phrase that, right? But what we tend to go to battle with each other on doesn't seem to be the important topics. And as much as we seem to preach that, you know, hypocritically, we always do what we say that we're not uh, what we're not trying to do. And here's here's one example of that. When we talk about when we argue over belief systems and religions, this is the most common one, you know, where you have your uh, your Moorish uh, Science Institute folks, you got your Hebrew Israelites you have your uh, your Muslims, you have your Nuwapians, so on and so forth. And everybody wants to be right. Everybody wants to be right. You know, this one is more valid than this reason. We're going to debate you because this is more valid than that reason. Oh, I'm not going to leave the comedic folks out of it. I, you know, and I believe a lot of the uh, comedic doctrine when you when you read it correctly. And that's very important, too. That's very important. But when you read it correctly, yeah, I believe a lot in a lot of the principles. I'm not going to sit over here and debate over uh, which ones work better. No, whichever one works efficiently and effective for you is the one that works. Whether or not you're doing something uh, morally correct or not, that's not to me. That's not really uh, an issue with your religion. That's an uh, issue with your character. Uh, something that whatever doctrine that you follow should have some sort of mechanism to help you deal with. Uh, another thing that I see a lot is this marriage concept. And I talk about this a few times on my uh, social media pages where you have people that believe in uh, monogamous relationships, obviously. You have people who are into uh, polygamous relationships like polygyny. You have some folks out there who are uh, attempting to practice uh, polyandry, which is something uh, very different. Well, not very different, but this is where the woman has uh, more than one husband. But the way that they're, that they're doing it is somewhat different than how it's been carried out over the, the majority of history, the, the polyandry. But, any, uh, but anyway, these are some reasons that people want to debate each other and, and go to war about this all day and, 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 and with your own people. At the same time that we talk about that the, the white man has separated us because of the education, because of the, uh, the integration, uh, the media, history, all those things. We still find ways to separate from each other for whatever reason. Okay. There's, at some point, it seems like there's something within us subconsciously, and I'm going to talk about a little bit about this later, but there's something in our brain subconsciously that wants us to separate from this person that's like you. Because we don't find these same reasons to separate from anybody else. If they're another race, we don't mind them being a Buddhist, uh, a Hindu, uh, you know, atheist or whatever. We allow them to do their, you know, their thing. But when it comes to our people, 
it seems like either we have higher expectations or we expect not to deal with them. And I, I kind of feel like it's the latter sometimes. Um, but even going back, yeah, going back to the marriage thing, yeah, so people debate over that, which one's more of a, uh, a black or African concept, which one's going to lead us to more of a, a, a black liberation. And most of this stuff is uh, nonsense and nonsensical, okay, because if you actually study the, uh, these kind of marriage systems, which in Africa both existed, okay, even until very recently, like even in the uh, time of Madame Tinubu, they were still having uh, multiple wives. If you read various literatures about the slave trade or even, uh, um, what is his name, what is his name? Uh, Gustavus Vasa, uh, Alaluda, he has that, he has that book. He writes that autobiography about his, uh, his servitude. And he talks about slavery and what slavery was like. And I'm, I mean, well, slavery, obviously, what I meant to say was marriages and the, and the multiple marriages and how that carried out with, within even the slave system. So, you know, you'll have these, these tidbits. And even if you go into more ancient history, you see the, you see this being carried out where you have, um, uh, the Egyptians, for example. You know, they were allowed to have multiple wives and things of that nature. But typically these things came with status. It came with great responsibility. And in most rules, even the more uh, contemporary or uh, modern rules, uh, you see that everything was based on caring for the child, caring for the mother. You see what I'm saying? Not all marriages came with sex either. Some marriages were, like I said, political. Some marriages were to consolidate families. All right. So you have to look at marriage uh very different and that's that's part of the main issue the crux of the issue rather is that we have not africanized our brains to perceive these issues the way that we should or to perceive these topics the way that we should and a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have not gotten to the histories of it we have not truly learned about some of the things that we're so passionate about we've gotten a sample of it a nugget of it and you're and we're running off with it and going crazy and we haven't digested the whole meal right so yeah so that's uh, so that's um one of the things that i see out here on the on the social media people go they battle they battle hard you know and i don't have a problem uh with discourse uh i don't have a problem with debate and i uh, particularly i don't have a problem with us debating because i feel that sh uh, steel sharpens steel and we need to be making each other stronger, but we don't make each other stronger by separation. Uh, we don't make each other stronger by deciding that we're not going to deal with this group of people, right? Uh, another thing, and I know I've lost a few people over my opinions on this, but uh, my feels and my thoughts and feelings, my personal views on homosexuality does not outrule or outweigh my loyalty to African or black people. So I may not have to, I may not agree with what you do. I may not like it. I may have my issues with it, but at the same time, I'm not going to ostracize you as a brother, especially while we're at war, just because of your, your, uh, your sexual preference. You know, I would just ask you, like just with anybody, is just to, you know, to, to give me that respect. And in most cases, people are. You know, I believe that being in this society, we, we adopt too many of these social stereotypes and it gets in our way. You know, uh, I feel that there's no greater benefit to being uh, a black or African person uh, and LGBT, you know, 
I don't feel like there's any advantages to it. I stay in California. I, you know, I've worked in the city. I've heard a lot of these stories. I see who's out there. I see, who, I see who's working the good jobs and who's the managers at, you know, rinka-dinka uh, apartment complexes. I see who's able to uh, work at law firms and have all the piercings and tattoos and be expressive as they want. And I see the people who have to work on the corner who look the same, who have, who probably have the same brain capacity, same type of education, but because of certain choices in the color of their skin, they're relegated to a different sort of job, right? So when these are your people, and I got, I got members of my family who are gay, who are transgender, it, it, you know, it's, it's the reality. And if we're going to be living under this context that everybody in, you know, that we're all brothers and sisters, my elders are all my aunts and uncles, if we're going to be going under the concept of family, then I'm going to treat you like family. I'm not going to disown you, you know, over a choice that you made that I wouldn't do to my own family member. And it's just that simple. It's just that simple, family. Uh, we shouldn't be going to the point to where we're harassing folks. Now, I'm not saying that you don't educate. If the topic comes up and the history comes up, there is a history that goes with this. There is a history in the Caribbeans that goes with this, the Brugbutsing. There's a history in the United States that goes with this that's, le uh, that's less talked about. There's a history of it as far as going on to the slave ships. You know, there's a history of it that goes back way, way back into uh, the first invasions from the north or the Caucasus Mountains, where people first encountered this sort of behavior, all right, and knowing where that behavior comes from. But, and that's, and that's all, family. We have to get into the history and be able to really contextualize what's happening. And the decisions that we're making, because it almost seems like we're willing to deal with people who are coons, who are not trying to benefit the people, who are going to lead you astray over somebody who's not, who's with the cause. And this topic really came up, in my opinion, because there was somebody in the black community, because I've always been a part of social groups family. Uh, I've been a part of groups like Speak Out Now, SSJ. I've always did, you know, my own thing, uh, did the community service little co-ops here and there and someone that I know who's been putting in some work for a while for the black community going on radio shows uh, Facebook had like 5,000 people and she recently came out of being a uh, lesbian not that she doesn't want to still fight for black issues you know she's even did a, a radio show not to put it out there and I'm not going to use the name because I'm not I didn't get the permission to do so but she's even did a radio show where she talked about how homosexuality was being weaponized against the community. So you're talking about people who are aware, but people who are also of that world. Okay. Who want some of the same things that we want. And I'm not trying to get on here and put out a cape for the uh, LGBT community. Because once again, and if you followed me, you are very aware. Uh, you're, you must be aware of what my, what my issues are, you know. But at the same time, these are still our people. They're still willing to fight with us. They should be fighting with us. There's certain angles now that only they, there's certain places that only they can go now. Okay? And we should be utilizing all of our resources. We shouldn't be singling anything out because of their sexual preference, their marriage, how they want to give. Oh, yeah, let me finish that uh, on how they want to be married. Because I didn't, I didn't necessarily finish that. Because even amongst the people who argue over 
monogamous relationships and polygamous, then even amongst the polygamy or the polygamous community, right? These, these people argue amongst each other over which way is right. How do you, how do you form, uh, how do you do polygyny and, you know, sorry about that. I, I have a hard time speaking this early in the morning. Like, but how do you, because it, it's crazy. They, they tell you how you can do the, the polygyny, like your girl can't be with her wife. If that's your relationship, then that's your thing. They try to devalue it. Oh, no, that's not polygyny. That's a triad. That's not a marriage. Damn how many kids you got. Damn that you do more than these other people who, who say that they're, you know, we're polygynists and, uh, you know, the women don't have sex with each other. Only the man has sex with the women. Okay, and I know there's situations, look, I understand that there's situations where that happens and that works, trust me, I get it, you know, but uh, in this day and age, I don't see that happening as often, it's actually far more common for the uh, for the woman to want to be with the woman in those situations. Uh, the only times where I see that exception, and I, see, and I still see these lines cross, is when they have the spiritual backing that supports the multiple wives, so like Islam, uh, Hebrews, Nuapians, so on and so forth. So if you have that spiritual uh, backing behind it, but if you're just having, if that's just the kind of relationship that you're in, more often than not, yeah, that woman's going to want to be with that other woman. And uh, I don't know that much about polyandrous uh, relationships, but I'm quite sure that if you got a whole bunch of men's in there, they're not all going to be, you know what I'm saying? Some of them going to be with each other. And... My, my basis on that is if you look at the Wormian Ice Age and you look at the early Romans, like before they even beat the Etruscans, what they was up to, uh, the Greeks and what they was up to. All right. And I got to bring this up because this is this is part of that history, you know, and that's my and that's my whole point. You got to you got to be candid about everything. You got to be open and honest about everything. I'm, I'm going to be objective, you know, to use a, uh, to use a much better word. I'm going to be object, uh, objective, objective. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So here's the other thing. When it gets to that point where you're not doing the research and you're not learning, you go into the the spookism. All right. We all fear what we don't understand. Right. So if you haven't done the research, it's going to be hard to really have this kind of perception that I do. However, this is this this has the same root as far as the issue because when i talk about spookism this is the same you know i'm talking about the same kind of people now i'm talking about the people who got all uh, what we call the heba jesus and all that kind of stuff you know the people who really put the the text the scriptures and make them literal and you can't make these texts literal the shit didn't happen. It's not going to happen. All right. Every story is a different interpretation and a variation of an older one. And that's part of what my work is about. So I'm going to segue now into the topic of what I'm writing. Yeah. The indoctrination, legend and mythology of the Bible. Real quick, y'all. I'm just going to go over the brief history, general history of the Bible. I'm going to talk about the Hyksos, Agnaton, the father of the Trinitarian concept. I'm going to talk about the Greek and Roman hegemony, the Greek Septuagint, the Council of Nicaea. I'm going to be make, uh, quoting comments from people like St. Augustine, St. Origen, uh, 
I want to think. I think it's St. Peter too. Yeah. I'm going to be quoting a lot of people. I'm going to talk about what the Visigoths and Vandals did to the faith. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Spanish Catholic societies, uh, the anti-African parts, the anti-women parts, the inconsistencies and plagiarisms. And this is just really, this is like a launch pad for me because all of the Abraham, um, ah, Abrahamic religions have a similar story, right? They've all been tampered with. And the Abrahamic religions is largely responsible for the way that we literally interpret stuff. You don't have a literal interpretation of anything. Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 let me take that back. Anything out of Africa. <laughs> Woo, yeah. Gotcha. Because the Sumerians definitely did. Uh, Urugagina. That was a, that's a great example of a, a, a person who took the this um, scriptures literally, and I bring that up in the uh, in the book in one of the chapters when I talk about where you why Akhenaten is called the father of the Trinitarian concept because there's really no such thing. If you really get into Kemet, you really know that there's no such thing as a Trinitarian concept. All he was doing is really returning everybody to the singular concept what they had before. This is following. The, uh, the hegemony of the Hyksos, you know, the people from Asia Minor. And that's why I bring, brought up Uragagina, because this is a motherfucker. Now, this is before Akhenaten's time, right? This is before Akhenaten. This dumb, oh, excuse me, let me be more respectful than that. Uh, this man, great man, very, very pious man, did a lot of social reforms. He's actually very similar to an Akhenaten in the way that he cared about his people. But he was, uh, he was from Lagash. He was from Sumer. And he believed so much in this deity that would protect him and protect what was doing right. Oh, the enemy came in there and mopped their asses up. Oh, damn, I said I was going to be respectful. I'm sorry, family. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, when, you can tell when, I, when it, when it comes to the history, you know, I, 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 get, a little, I get a little charged. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So... Oh my god, what was I gonna say with that? Hold on, give me a second. I need to get myself. Yeah, family, I had to get some water. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I can't say that, yeah. So, outside of Africa, you do have people starting to believe in this literal, literal interpretation of whatever their beliefs were. But inside of Africa, this does not happen. And it starts to come into Africa by da, 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 Semitic people. Now I'm jumping back into the uh, back into uh, Christianity. So now we're going to talk about uh, Michaelism. We're going to talk about all the other isms that uh, form even their uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, which is another another thing we have to. That's another curation. So that all wasn't written at the same time. But you used to have these people going around. They were preaching these different doctrines and faith. Remember. Nothing was written down yet. Only thing that was written down as far as, like, the doctrine was on the walls of Kemet. Right? So you had all these people going around preaching all these isms. And a lot of these isms that, uh, these preachers, what they call it, uh, eschatology or this, this doomsday thing, these all came from outsiders. Now, back to Akhenaten. He was just bringing back people to what they had before. After the Hyksos hegemony, they did not understand the the the, uh, the theology. They didn't really have one of their own. 
So this is even narrowing down who these people could be. So they, these Hicksokes may have come, these may have been so-called foreign kings, but they may have been more akin to the Martu, you know what I'm saying, than somewhere of Kish or Lagash, you know what I'm saying? So they may have been more of that lot because there are some subtle differences there. But anyway, going back to the main point. So these people brought in their belief system and they, imp and they imposed upon this more secular thought the secular thought that produced mathematics, that produced the, uh, the pyramids or the Mirkuts, right? They imposed upon this all this nonsensical blah, 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 you know? And what Akhenaten had to do after they had to kick him out, so you have to understand, so after Tutmos, all these other people, all these people who came before had, had to kick these, these people out, now you got to restore the, uh, the priesthood to what it was. And when you really get into it, You'll find that, that the other deities weren't thrown away at all. I, I believe that the people at first, they were resentful because, you know, everybody's somewhat resentful of change. But after people, you know, pretty much got back to their concept, and he still was somewhat of a revolutionary, they were just like, hey, we just bring this back to what it was, right? And, ah, excuse me. But that, that was all what uh, Agnaten did. Everything. At 10. At 2. All this stuff. At 10 was basically the sun. So this that's just the kind of point that I'm trying to make right there, family. Just as, as far as the general history, the Africanness of it. Um, kind of lost my train of thought. But this is a podcast. That's what you do. You ramble. Hope I haven't lost everybody yet. But yeah. So the anti-African parts, there's a lot of anti-African parts. If you look at Hezekiah, they just outright tell you. Um, there is some contextual evidence that the Philistines are an African people. And if you look in the first five books, there's one book where they're talked about nicely because they, they greet Abraham very uh, warmly, right? But then when they start to, to battle and funk, like David and Goliath, you, you start to hear some really obscene comments. And I don't know what their issue is with grabbing foreskins. I don't know what their issue is, just like uncircumcised penises and foreskins. Like first thing David see when uh, Goliath is out there taunting and challenging is, who is this uncircumcised blah da da da, -da whatever he said. Like, But you know, it's just like, damn. I'm just, whatever, whatever, you know, Saul, dealing with David, oh, you want to marry my daughter, why don't you bring me 200 uh, foreskins of a Philistine, think these Philistines is going to kill, that's just me, just like, yeah, go tell this little half-breed Jewish boy, right, because we're going to, we're going to work under that context for a little bit right now, I mean, you could be black, but Jewish boy, okay, send him over there and go deal with that big old African, you know, all them big old Africans, thinking that them big old Africans going to kick his ass, all right, then I'm <laughs> and I'm not going to be that candid in the book, though. This is going to be some scholarly stuff, but, uh, you know, I just got to make jokes, people. I got I to gotta keep it funny. I got to, you know, I got to keep the humor in all this. You know, when you study this kind of stuff, folks, you got you to gotta find some humor in it somewhere because it's dark. It's real, real dark. You know, all the different types of rape, uh, people trying to rape angels and, oh, yeah, just a, just a lot of stuff. But it... Matter of fact, Solomon's mama was raped. Yeah, by a, a soldier in a David's army. See, this is just when you get into, like, why we got a rape culture. Shit, you got all that damn rape. 
And you talk about the chosen people, right? Now I ain't trying to hate on no Hebrew Israelites, but you got it in this book, and I'm the chosen people advocating rape, right? One of his soldiers raped this woman, and he gonna marry this woman, have babies with her, and because of the the energy, the epigenetic energy, the karma, right? Your motherfucking ass had to deal with the fact one of your sons raped his cousin. And gonna say don't do shit. Yeah, yeah, my, damn right. How you gonna say no and then you gonna banish it? No. Yeah, to kill that motherfucker when he out on the field. Now see, I'm sorry, family, but when it comes to stuff like that, that's where I get hype. That's where I get hype. Stone his ass. But anyway, folks, didn't want to take up too much of your time for the first episode. I just wanted to kind of see how this would go, how the first run would go. Peace, love, and black power. Please follow me on Instagram. Uh, Tech Life and the Set Netter Tech TV, please, and the YouTube, the Set uh, Netter uh, Tech TV. Damn, I will get better at that, family. So, peace, love, and black power. Peace.